0: Welcome to another episode of Near Fall Radio. I am your host, Landon Don, and I'm joined as always by my co-host, my tag team partner, if you will. By God, he is my best friend. It's Will Rab. Rab, how are we doing this evening or day, depending on when you listen to this? I don't know what's up.
1: Well, it's the afternoon. It's the day when we're recording this, so that's how I'm gonna function. I'm doing good, man. I am I am glad to see that uh, my my good buddy old hangman Adam Page survived his trek through the woods and uh excited to talk uh some professional wrestling unfortunately there 's a couple of heavy things uh, to hit on, but uh, we got a good card shaping up uh for double or nothing and i 'm excited to break it down with you
0: I am looking forward to this weekend 's aew double or nothing pay per view We will be previewing that here in a second here in a little bit as a matter of fact, but like Rab said, there was some Sad news coming out of the wrestling world over the past couple days. It all started, I guess it started trickling out news Monday morning when former WWE superstar Shad Gaspard had gone missing after spending the day at the beach with his wife and... Son And uh, the story, if you haven't heard by this point, Shad and his 10-year-old son were out swimming in the ocean when them and some other people were caught in a riptide, and a lifeguard went out to go rescue them. Uh, Shad, according to the lifeguard, said, save my son first, so the lifeguard did uh, fulfill that request. Thankfully, saved his son, but by the time that lifeguard was going back out to save Shad, reports say that is when his body went under the water, submerged, and unfortunately, he never resurfaced. Uh, the world of professional wrestling and the world at, at large was really hoping for a miracle for about 48 hours when, unfortunately, that miracle wasn't delivered when Wednesday morning news came out that they that officials had found the body of Shad Gaspard, unfortunately, passing away way too young. Uh, Rab, I don't know how familiar you, familiar you are with Shad's uh, work in the ring. He is probably most well-known for his time in the WWE as part of the tag team Crime Time with his partner, JTG. I, uh, they had a run in the mid-2000s, uh, never was able to win the tag titles, but was still very popular with the fans, had a very catchy uh, catchphrase with that money, money, yeah, yeah, and like uh, like all wrestling fans, whenever you hear that, you want to dance in the audience. Uh, since then, he had been on the independent somewhat. He had actually been transitioning to the world of Hollywood. He had appeared in uh, DC Comics' uh, Birds of Prey movie as a stunt double, uh, I also saw a report online, I can't confirm this, but I think it's such a cool rumor, he was the body double or body stand-in for Kratos in the PlayStation 4 game God of War. Like, Shad was so cut and so built, people would be like, yeah, he has the body type of a fallen, literal god of war, and even uh, a few years ago, he went viral when he broke up an armed robbery all by himself, so I mean... Like even even before you get to the sad, tragic end of his life, the way he gave his life to save his son, literally dying a hero. Shad was doing some very noteworthy and big stuff. So Rab, uh I know you really weren't paying that much attention to the product at that time, but uh any thoughts on the sad passing of Shad Gaspard?
1: I, I do remember uh the the crime time duo. I got him them- mixed up with a, another uh, tag team from the, the early 2000s uh, the other day uh, discussing it. I, I can't remember what th- these dudes were called. For some reason, I thought JTG and Shad were the guys who were the minions of Eric Bischoff, and when your time was up, they came kick your ass. No, that's um,
0: three-minute warning.
1: That was three-minute warning. Mm-hmm. So I, I apologize for getting three-minute warning and crime time. Uh, mixed up but I, I, I do remember the gimmick um, because right there you know uh, in the middle of 2000s 06 07 um, and, and then going into the, the late 2000s uh, when I was co- in college I did get back into watching some uh, professional wrestling uh, but like you say it was just uh, uh, tremendously sad but also noble in a way that uh, his last act was to make sure that his son was okay. Um, to draw a parallel, and I don't want to get too deep down that this other road because we are going to do... Uh, we have some, the, some plans to make a, a few episodes of Near Fall discussing some of the more noteworthy uh, Dark Side of the Ring uh, episodes, but it reminds me of... A, and i guess maybe cuz i just watched this yesterday at the time of recording uh, that uh, allegedly owen hart when he had his ac- accident possibly the last thing he said was get out the way and just people who are always like 24/7 selfish that self selfless that just really that really sticks with me cuz i hope that well I-, I hope i'm not in that situation where I- i'm i'm facing that but in a situation like that that you can put others uh before you because uh, that's really noble
0: it absolutely is noble and i do think i think everybody would like to think when they are literally faced with their approaching mortality they can make those same decisions that owen allegedly made i too had heard that story even before the most recent dark side of the ring and with the parallel of uh, Shad's final act, saving the life of his son, and even even talking to that, like Shad was, according to all reports and the people that knew him, worked with him the best. Like he was a fun-loving guy. When uh, this was this was a trend that I noticed when uh, wrestlers started putting out their own personal thoughts and experiences of Shad after he a disappeared, and then unfortunately was confirmed uh, passed away earlier this week. He, he always greeted people with a big smile and then generally followed it with a big giant bear hug. So this was a guy that loved life. And even uh, JTG, his former tag team partner, put out this week uh, on the 18th, apparently the last conversation that they ever had was a text message. Uh, Shad sent to JTG, quote, If I die tomorrow, just know I love you as a brother and a friend forever, even past this life. So hmm. this was a guy that not only had a big heart it seems like for every for everybody period but if you got close to him he had a even bigger heart for you and it's just really heartbreaking and i obviously thoughts and prayers are with his family, with his wife, with his son. Um, I I want to share some of the other uh, responses that the world of wrestling put out there. Uh, Titus O'Neil, WWE superstar, my love, thoughts, prayers, and support go out to the family of Shad Gaspard. Nothing will ever fix the loss of a loved one. As the universe, we owe it to ourselves and to others to be a positive light in this world as long as we can because nothing is ever guaranteed. And I think that's a very profound and appropriate thing to say, not only with the passing of Shad Gaspar, but with the whole backdrop of, as, I, as I've jokingly said before, the world literally on fire, burning down around us. There's a lot of uncertainty and I guess trepidation in this world. So if you can be a positive influence, mm-hmm. I I insist that you try and be that. Now, I'm not saying be sunshine and lollipops all the time, but when given the opportunity to either be be a positive or be a negative i i ask that you think about being that positive even more so uh for the former christian uh jay uh, riso said he always greeted me with that big smile and a giant hug always made sure others were accommodated for the world lost a genuinely good man my heartfelt condolences to his family um Natty, uh, Natty Neidhard, the world lost a true, wonderful human being. Shad Gaspar is a true hero in every sense of the world. I'm keeping his family and loved ones in my prayer right now. We love you, Shad. And I mean, she's right. Hero with a capital H E R O. He went out a hero. And, uh, this sucks because, I mean, it, <laughs> this genuinely seemed like a good guy. And, Unfortunately, it seems like a good guy is kind of few and far between not only in the world of professional wrestling, but the world as a whole, which again, I'm going to circle back. If you can be a positive in somebody's life, please do so. Not only just for your sake, for the sake of others. I mean, for the sake of everybody as a whole, but uh, I mean, uh, I don't know what else to say, but thoughts and prayers and like I said, I think all of us wish we could make these type of sacrifices on the way out. I know that's a heavy thought. Nobody wants to pre- think, man, how am I going to go out and what would I do? But when when push came to shove and he had to put the chips on the table, Shad went all in and said, yes, I care more about the life of my son, my 10-year-old son, than I do myself. And, you know, I, I don't have any kids. Rab, you don't have any kids. But I got some godchildren and I like to think I would put down my life for them if I had to. Like like that love you have of you know somebody that you care that much for that you're somewhat responsible for. I mean that's that's just some heavy stuff and uh, you know Shad rest in peace. You're in you're in a much better place. I know you're looking down on us and uh, we'll see you on the other side I suppose.
1: Yeah, absolutely. A, a couple thoughts there. First of all, you know, I don't have offspring yet, but uh, you know i have a couple of uh, uh fur baby fur babies and i i call them that cuz they're more than a pet they almost become uh, like a like a child um and and i know i would do everything possible to protect them so i certainly oh, absolutely. would think that when you're talking about your own flesh and blood that you would uh, do everything you can uh to save them as well to go back to the the hero thing I think, unfortunately, these days, there's so many people we consider heroes. And I don't want this to sound like I'm ripping on uh, professional athletes or uh, entertainers or, or celebrities. Because a lot of them are, are good people. And we've seen that through the coronavirus Um you know, Oprah Winfrey just donated millions uh, of dollars to, to several cities who mm-hmm. were important in her life, Nashville among them, uh, the places she considers her hometowns. We, Dolly Parton is literally paying for a vaccine.
0: Dolly Parton is the queen of Tennessee, if anybody yes. doesn't know
1: literally paying for a vaccine and and guy Fieri who we like to give a lot of crap to because he's kind of you know <laughs> his his persona is just stupid I'll just say that I won't be derogatory um people have called him far worse but he's raised like 20 million dollars mm-hmm. to help restaurants um, so there are celebrities who do good things but then there's the other side of that coin that we and I'm not saying it's wrong to idolize people, but we use that word hero too too lightly just because of somebody's uh, status. And again, I think a lot of people deserve it. John Cena, for all of the charity work he does, he deserves, if someone wants to consider John Cena their hero, that great um, and other professional athletes across the board that you can find. I was thinking of a wrestling example because this is a wrestling podcast. Uh, But I think there can be and there should be a distinction between uh, this person inspires me. Maybe this person is a role model and this person is a hero because Shad Gaspard is a real hero. He saved his son's life and 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 sacrificed his life to save his son's life. Uh, The the first responders who have been dealing with this medical crisis, they're heroes. There's a difference between someone you're a fan of, someone you respect their work, uh, you consider an influence, a role model, and a hero. And I hope that's what we—that's ta- one of the things we take out of tragic situations like this is understanding uh, what a hero really is.
0: I do think you hit on something that the term hero gets thrown around a little bit too loosely these days. And it's like, I mean, yeah, it's like, sure, you can throw the football really good or excuse me, really well. I I speak real good English, but I don't know if that necessarily makes you a hero. And especially it definitely doesn't uh, make you a hero, considering like compared to you. You mentioned John Cena. He is the most requested celebrity slash athlete slash whatever you want to call him when it comes to make a wish, and he has granted the most make a wish requests, and it's not even close to number two like what he what Cena has done charity wise like even if you just eliminated everything he'd done in the ring in hollywood his his charity work alone is enough to consider him a hero, and then literally shad Gaspard laid down his life, so his son could continue to live his. And it's like you threw out the term fur baby. Normally I would give you crap because I hate that term, but you are right. I got my fur baby Zoe literally sitting right here next to me as we're recording. And if a car was coming, coming for Zoe, I would gladly throw myself in front of that car to protect her. And she is not even my flesh and blood. She's just, you know, a fuzzy thing that I, I happen to be really attached to. So, I couldn't imagine the thought process that was going through Shad's mind at the time, but he still made that hard decision knowing this could cost me everything. And he still did it, and he did it willingly. So, you know, not to go all Disney on you with the circle of life, but Mm -hmm. let's stay in the WWE realm from... One end of the circle of the life where there's death, there must be life. A little bit more positive news on that front was when uh, WWE Raw Women's Champion Becky Lynch said that she had an announcement to make on Raw a couple weeks ago where she relinquished the WWE Raw Women's Championship to Asuka to announce that she's going to become a mother for the very first time. I, I think that's amazing. Congratulations to Becky and to her fiance, Seth Rollins. Um, and it's also big because this is the first time a champion has been in this position where they do have to give up a championship and walk away because of, hey, by the way, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be giving birth to another human being now. A couple... Uh, I I guess I'd say about a decade ago at this point, uh, when Karma, a.k.a. uh, Awesome Kong, was with the WWE, she had to announce that she was taking a medical leave uh, because she, too, was pregnant and she was going to go, you know, be a mother. Karma never came back. And Awesome Kong has continued on with other federations. Uh, I think she went back to Impact. She's still currently with AEW, though we haven't seen her on the screen here recently. But this is a first for the world of professional wrestling, at least in the WWE. So, you know, Mazel tov to Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins. Uh, and, and on the wrestling side, I'm excited to see what becomes of Asuka as the Raw Women's Champion. And I think... It's interesting because Becky never lost that Raw Women's Championship, so whenever she's ready to come back, she's going to have a heck of a storyline to reinsert herself right back at the top of the card to go after that strap that she never lost.
1: Absolutely. Uh, Again, first of all, congratulations to to, to Becky and uh, Seth on uh, their addition uh, to their family and the start of their family mm-hmm. uh it, it was a a beautiful moment i did see the the video on uh social media um and i don't know how much oscar knew uh before they went in the ring
0: reports uh, where but, she she had no idea this was coming
1: which makes it even better because it did seem very genuine and i would hate to know that that was a little bit of a work um so so that makes it even better cause, you don't get a lot of those genuine moments in wrestling just by the nature of the business, but again, that's fine. You know, like it's just like on on TV. Hey, it's it's all a work, and if you're entertained, it's all it, it's all good. Uh, but on those rare occasions where you get that genuine moment, I think back, uh, it, it it certainly wasn't jubilant, but um, any time I think of somebody, hey. Uh, when we come back, we have a special announcement. So-and-so's heading to the ring. The first thing that pops into my head is Edge.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: Um. And that was, in a, in a different way, a special moment. Uh, but uh, happy for Becky. And like you said, that's going to create a very interesting uh, storyline when she does return. I wonder how the WWE goes about that. Although I'm also concerned because sometimes they have the IQ of a a moldy banana. (laughs) Um, Becky Lynch is the man. I I don't want to fantasy book stuff, but I mean, like you said, she didn't lose. So it almost would be like, wouldn't it be cool if you got her a second strap and we argued about who the real champion was, even though she relinquished it? She's like, oh no, you're just the interim champ. I'm the real champ type thing, but... Uh, first and foremost, again, happy uh, for for Steph Rollins and, and Becky Lynch, and and that was a beautiful, unscripted moment on television. And really excited for Oscar uh, to get her chance. Um, you know, I don't follow WWE product uh, product as as closely, but I know she's uh, supreme supremely talented, and uh, clearly the uh, WWE felt. Uh, strongly about her because they had her win that match uh, to begin with at Money in the Bank. Again, was an interesting, unique situation this year where you had to try to get to the top of uh, Titan Tower. And, and unique and... is a
0: very good way to describe it. Yes.
1: <laughs> so what you're saying was is it could have been really good, but it wasn't. <laughs>
0: No, th- like, like, we'll, we'll quickly touch on that just because the Money in the Bank match this year was so unique. There was a lot of stuff I liked about it. Some stuff I'm kind of like, okay, but like, as a whole, I came out enjoying it more than I didn't. Which, once again, I just want to reiterate. Baron Corbin killed two guys. He threw Rey Mysterio and Aleister Black off the roof of Titan Tower. Now, they both, uh, Rey Mysterio showed up the next night on Monday Night Raw. They're like, oh yeah, he hit a second roof, which apparently was quote unquote only six feet below. It's
1: like, no, the Rey Mysterio, that's actually the ghost of Rey Mysterio.
0: <laughs> that makes sense, but it's joined like. Dark yeah. Order. <laughs> Uh, we're crossing the streams, or We're crossing the streams. But
1: hey, whatever. When you're a ghost, man, you get to like you know move freely.
0: I like it between
1: universes.
0: Yeah, because I guess once uh once you're uh once you're gone into the afterlife, you really don't have to adhere to uh, you know con- contracts and stuff like that. And no, absolutely
1: not. I mean, if Adam Cole can be alive and dead at the same time, then Rey <laughs> Mysterio's ghost can do whatever he wants.
0: Yeah, which I which I guess you're. Uh, we need to point out that Adam Cole is the most successful ghost wrestler, in all of, okay, other than the Undertaker, he's the most successful ghost wrestler in the history of professional wrestling.
1: Yes, if you if you you know believe in the BTE canon, which, <laughs> which we do on this show,
0: absolutely. Yeah, that is what 100 the gospel according to Matt and Nick. But um, sorry to
1: get you sidetracked. <laughs> I'll let you get back on to what was going on with Money in the Bank. I, I couldn't help but make. no no
0: that's 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 fine I love it that's what a podcast is for I mean like I'm also curious and excited to see how WWE can handle Shayna Baszler from here because I think ever since she's been called up or rather I guess from Elimination Chamber on WWE hadn't really handled Shayna Baszler the best because I mean in NXT she was this literal ass kicker she was everything that Ronda Rousey was trying to be and wanted to be, but she, you know, legitimately pulled it off. Uh, no slide on Ronda. I thought Ronda did fine, but Shayna Baszler did what uh, did Ronda shtick even better than Ronda. And I'm I'm curious to see if they're going to continue. to— or I guess rather, start that build, let her be a badass, maybe take the strap off of Asuka, and she holds the strap for four or five months and just blows through everybody, and she says, hey, I've taken on the best that you can offer, and I've killed every one of them. Oh, here comes the returning man, Becky Lynch, and I like the idea of having, or of her having her own title. Maybe we can get a little WrestleMania 10, Shawn Michaels, Razor Ramon. We'd like, You might have that title, but you're not the real champion, or maybe uh, more recent would be CM Punk coming back after beating John Cena at Money in the Bank I think in what 2011 or something like that I don't know but you know that exact Money in the Bank match Yeah I'm he left he about. left with the strap Exactly yeah man I quick sidebar I rewatched that match not too long ago that thing still holds up like like that Chicago crowd was like a once in a lifetime crowd like that was so damn good some just oh, emoji kissy face stuff when it comes to wrestling but uh yeah, congratulations to the soon-to-be parents, Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins. Uh, we look forward to you returning, Becky. But, you know, go take care of your new baby. I'm, I'm, I'm sure that thing's going to uh, be a kick-ass WWE superstar here in about uh, 20 to 25 years. Because, I mean, if people think Charlotte Flair had, uh, had the DNA built into her, hey, you know what? I, I think this, uh, this baby might be even better than that.
1: Or WWE will will screw it up and and the uh, Rollins-Lynch prodigy will start the next AEW. Who knows?
0: (laughs) Damn it, Rab. We're trying to be positive here. It
1: it, it is is interesting to see, but I guess maybe with... Because Becky Lynch's character is like such the assertive badass that maybe it sucks all the air out of the room and then Shayna Baszler doesn't you know, live up to that. So maybe this is her chance to get a strong run. And then, like you said, said maybe they can go toe to toe after she has four to six months to really establish herself as that, you know, take no prisoners, kick everybody's assets in my way, a mean SOB for lack of a better term.
0: Yeah. But I mean, uh, that's a little bit of fantasy booking and that's not really the uh, route we want to go down, but uh, we are going to pivot we talked some WWE. We teased talking about some AEW Double or Nothing at the top of the show. So we're going to go ahead and head into that. We're going to take a quick break. On the way out, in honor of the late, great Shad Gaspar, here's a little bit of uh, crime time music. Uh, again, it's like yo, yo, yo. It's like those two guys, Shad Gaspar, JTG, they owned it. The crowd loved it. It was fun. And uh, once again, Shad, you will be missed, but... Damn, the way you went out, man. You're you're a bigger man than me. I know I can say that. So uh, you're listening to Nearfall Radio. Keep it locked. Yo, 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 yo. Chad Gaspard and JTG. It's prime time.
1: Brooklyn, Brooklyn. Bringing it, bringing it. The hood to you. Bringing it, What you want to do. Bringing it,
0: bringing it. The hood to you. Bringing it, bringing it. That's <laughs>
1: how they go. No more Hollywood. This is Hollywood. Time, be come from the street. I was the your that and around with these Get your property took. is my job. I get paid the books. with my Coming Brooklyn, Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment is scheduled for one fall with TV time remaining. Welcome back to Near Fall Radio. I'm Will Rabb, hanging out with the Dawes, Landon Dome, my tag team partner, and it is time for our main event uh, of the podcast, Double or Nothing, this Saturday on Pay-Per-View. Big, big card. Uh, In a way, this is the one-year anniversary of All Elite Wrestling. I know that they announced their creation January 1st of 2019 and so the new year's show at, at daly's place was really special this was the first official aew show because all in while it had a lot of elements of aew and i you know was influential it wasn't officially aew so this is a big card uh does uh for uh, all elite wrestling
0: Yeah, I don't think I realized up until yesterday that this was approaching the one-year anniversary for the first AEW event, because as awesome as All In was, and as much as now AEW talent was featured, that was pretty much just an independent wrestling Super Bowl, where all elite wrestling started with Double or Nothing. So, I mean, I kind of think this, like, Double or Nothing... Correct me if I'm wrong. Do you think this is their equivalent of a WrestleMania?
1: Well, I think they thought that Revolution was a really big card. But to me, yeah, I would think Double or Nothing is their mania. Um, Because it was the first show. Uh, I think because it's on a holiday weekend, it lends itself to having a big audience. They have it out there in Nevada. Not only, I mean... You have all the, all the titles defended, and not that that will, or, or, excuse me, except the tag titles, uh, but you have three title matches, um, and you have the Casino Battle Royal. Um, I guess we'll have to see over time, but yeah, I would think Double or Nothing would be your big show. But when you're only doing four a year, a la the WWE back in the day when you just had the big four, they were all a big deal. And true. so, um, that's kind of like getting the minutia of who's better, LeBron or MJ. But to <laughs> oh me, oh God, I don't want to uh,
0: have this conversation again. By no, the way, no, it's no, MJ, no. And we're true. not just making
1: <laughs> just making an example. We're not going. We're not going to go into the minutiae. I've been doing that on the other show on the day job. Um, th- I think this is one of their bigger shows of the year. It's the one where they because before the the. The damn COVID. Um, hey, we're going to do double or nothing. We're going to do it Saturday night at the MGM. Uh, and, and then we're going to have uh, Dynamite that Wednesday back at the MGM. A la the Raw after SmackDown. Mm-hmm. The one thing I would say, though, is because they kind of reset the records uh, at the beginning of each calendar year in January, it doesn't really end the season but it's the biggest event. But you have you have other sports that are like that. The Kentucky Derby is the biggest horse race. It's not the last horse race. Uh, the uh, the Indy Five Hundred's the biggest Indy car race. It's not the last race. It was for a minute, but then people got confused. Wait, why does your season end in May, <laughs> and then you keep racing two weeks later? Uh, so, it to me it is because it, it's the gen- genesis of AEW, but. You know, I, I think in their mind, instead of having a Super Bowl, instead of having a WrestleMania, they just want to go out there and, and have kick-ass TV every week, and when they have a pay-per-view, it's going to make you say, damn, I'm glad I spent uh, 60 bucks on that.
0: And uh, I'm going to hold on. Knock on wood, I know that sounded really bad uh, on the podcast, but knock on wood, they have been batting, at least in my opinion, a thousand percent when it comes to their pay-per-views. I don't think They've had a pay per view event that has fallen short. Now, I know some people are like, well, what about Fighter Fest? Fighter Fest wasn't a pay per view. That was just a special streaming event. By the way, $59.99 through your cable provider, $49.99 through the BR Live app. Um, they already have my money, so I don't even know why I'm going to say this, but Rab, does that feel a little bit too pricey for your blood?
1: <laughs> I think, especially right now, and I kind of understand, hey, you got to recoup some money, some production stuff on this, a- and you don't have fans. But that's the price regardless. It does seem a little high. At the same time, they have four pay-per-views a year. To me, and this is one of the – to me, it's almost like, wouldn't you make plenty of money at like 30, 30, 30, 35 bucks 40 bucks. Uh, for a pay per view, but again, you look at it, uh, the WWE is a different model because they have the network. Mm-hmm. Um, ESPN Plus, you know, is like six bucks a month, and there's some UFC cards on there, but they still they still sell pay per views, and you have to buy it through ESPN Plus. And I think and the UFC shows bucks.
0: on ESPN Plus. I think they. St- they go for like sixty nine ninety nine. So saying that out loud, maybe us wrestling fans should just you know shut the hell up and and be, and be thankful we're not having to drop 70 well, bucks. I, I,
1: look, it, again, it's four times a year, and I think what you do is in an ideal situation, just like if you're going to buy a UFC card or you wanted to watch a boxing match, if you have buddies who who are fans mm-hmm. of professional wrestling, you call everybody up and everybody uh, pitches in a couple shekels and you you share the pay per view uh it, you know it, it's not the is not the end of the world uh you know maybe I, i'm sure I, i'm sure i'm sure a lot of thought went into that price cuz AEW doesn't strike me as a company that just gouges their fans uh needlessly if that makes sense so uh, i'm sure between uh what it costs to put on that show because look I don't know the details of their contract. I know that BR Live distributes that and that is part of Warner Media and part of Turner Sports is the BR Live app and that's like their partner for those shows. But you know when they do a dynamite, they get and reportedly what I've heard is they get about a five hundred grand in production money to use every week on Dynamite. Now that doesn't go nearly as far as you think it does, which is why there's a lot of niche sporting events that are on tape delay in, in in December when they happened in June. That's another podcast. <laughs> uh but may look maybe it is when you're doing these pay per views, it's a situation of A, you gotta sell tickets and the ticket sales help you pay for the venue and and production and then all the money they make uh comes from the comes from the 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 pay per view price or it's a combination of that needing to okay if we sell this many pay-per-views and we sell this many tickets that's going to cover our production cost and this is going to cover paying the talent and uh we'll net uh, a couple million bucks to put in the bank for a rainy day so um at the end of the day it seems like it's a lot of money but uh if I really want to see Double or Nothing, you know, you're going to pay 50 bucks for it. So there it is. Yep. And at least it's only four times a year, not every four to six weeks like the WWE back in the day. Because yep. that was, I don't remember what they priced, all the, the different price tiers they had for the different pay-per-views. But that you spend way, you spend way more on that uh, back in the day buying all the WWE, uh, WWF pay-per-views.
0: I remember the WrestleMania that had the main event of Randy Orton and Triple H. This took place when I was at MTSU. I ordered it. It was 59.99 for standard definition, 69.99 for high definition. So uh, yeah, WWE was still in that price range uh, back in the day, and I guess they still might be in that price range for those you know, seven people that would still rather order the pay-per-view instead of just subscribing to the network and paying $9.99 a month. But uh, we're not here to talk about WWE, their pay-per-views, or their pay-per-view structure. We're here to talk about AEW's Double or Nothing. rap. let me run through the card real quick, and then we can uh, break it down match by match. Let me start at the bottom. The buy-in pre-show features the private party taking on the best friends and maybe one of the teams that's benefited the most from this i guess bizarre tv schedule they've had to go off of in the best friends uh then kicking off the main show proper uh dustin rhodes taking on sean spears dr Britt baker taking on chris statlander though that match might be up in the air we'll get to that in a second mjf Squaring off against Jungle Boy, then we have the casino ladder match where the winner will receive an AEW World Championship shot in the future. You have Darby Allin, Colt Cabana, Orange Cassidy, Ray Phoenix, Scorpio Sky, Kip Sabian, Frankie Kazarian, Luchasaurus, and a mystery competitor. Next up, we have the stadium stampede of Matt Hardy and the Elite taking on Les Champion Chris Jericho and the Inner Circle. Then in our three championship matchups, we have AEW Women's Champion Nyla Rose defending her title against Sheeta in a no disqualification, no countout match. In the finals of the AEW TNT Championship Tournament, it's Cody taking on Lance Archer. Cody having Arn Anderson in his corner. Possibly Brandy Rhodes, if uh, booking has led us to believe anything. Lance Archer has the dastardly Jake the Snake Roberts in his corner. And in your main event, it is AEW World Champion John Moxley taking on Mr. Brody Lee, the leader of the Dark Order. So, Rab... We were at the top. Let's head back down to the bottom with the buy-in pre-show match featuring Private Party and the Best Friends. Who do you got and why?
1: I am going to go with the Best Friends here. I think this is uh, their payoff for all the hard work they put in at the uh, Nightmare Factory tapings, which was just unreal. If you haven't listened to uh, the – uh, the, the, A, the official AEW podcast, uh, oh, with, uh, uh, uh with, uh, Tony
0: Schiavone, uh, with the
1: Schiavone and, uh, Aubrey, uh, pimping, uh, uh, is it
0: uncensored? Landscape. I, I, I know I unrestricted, s- unrestricted. There it is. Circle gets the square.
1: It is. Uh, it is. It is uncensored though. <laughs> I'm talking about Sh- Tony Schiavone shaving his bits. I wish he'd just go back to Starbucks. <laughs> um, Ugh. Ugh. anyway, um, I think Aubrey said she wrestled, she refereed like 20 matches in like a 24 to 28-ish hour period, mm-hmm. which means that all those uh, like six people on the roster also wrestled a bunch of matches. So I think this is the payoff uh, for the best friends. Uh, you know, it, it's conceivable. It, it, it's not a slap in the face to results matter if Private Party won this and got a tag team title. Shot, but I think this is the opportunity uh, for the best friends to uh, go over there and uh, get them a tag title match. Uh, not necessarily get a legit shot. I wouldn't say at unseating uh, Omega and, and Hangman, but uh, you know you throw that up there on a Dynamite here uh, in June as your main event, the Best Friends versus uh, sort of the elite. That's a that's a that's a good match. Uh, there, so I, I, I think Chucky e. T and Trent, don't call me Beretta. Uh, get the dub.
0: Yeah, I'm going to agree with you. I think the best friends do pick up the victory here. I made reference to it. I think if anybody or any team has made the most of the opportunities presented to them uh through the, I like how you called it, the uh, nightmare factory tapings that AEW had to do due to the public shutdown and, you know, you can't have public events with the coronavirus going on. I do think it is Trent and Chuck Taylor. Uh, they do currently sit as the number one team in the AEW tag team rankings but right there at number three is Private Party who's really been off of TV for the most part with the exception of being the elite where they have been prominently featured in the last few episodes and I wouldn't I, I think they've announced that the winner of this matchup will receive a tag team shot against Omega and Hangman at a future event and I mean tough stuff uh, at the number for the number two team Evil Uno and Stu Grayson of the Dark Order but they can't be on TV right now because they're Canadian and they can't really travel due to travel restrictions with the corona thing going on. So I'm excited to see this. I think they're both great teams. Private Party has been on a high upward trajectory ever since upsetting the Young Bucks last year in the initial tag team tournament. But, man, I feel like right now the best friends have been on a roll. And so I'm, I'm going with them to pick up the victory here uh, in what should be a pretty damn good match and a match that really gets the crowd going for the pay-per-view proper.
1: Yeah, absolutely. agree there. Also, by the way, just a, a note, we're talking about wrestlers who uh, can't participate uh, right now uh, due to the, the COVID-19 pandemic. While uh, Ray Phoenix uh, is uh, back, and hopefully he didn't actually hurt himself on Ooh, that uh, yeah. bump in the schmas. uh for the casino ladder match, because they botched that. They didn't catch him like they're. Well, he
0: to. might have shorted himself or they might have botched it, not catching it, regardless. He ate shit on he Dynamite. Ate,
1: he ate shit. It's oh. just like trying to figure out who wrecked who at the NASCAR race. But <laughs> somebody ends <laughs> up in the wall yeah. <laughs> uh, with some damage because uh, he ate shit. So, mm-hmm. uh, should point out that uh, Ray lives in the San Diego area, Pentagon still lives in Mexico City. Or lives across the border. So that's why you see Ray and not Pentagon Jr. Uh, so hopefully that gets eased soon and they can get back into the country and get back to work. But excited for that match on the buy in to, uh, kick it off. And, uh, again, uh, Dawes and I both going, uh, with best friends. Uh, Dawes, how about we just, uh, go ahead and talk about, uh, the match that may or may not happen? Cause I, didn't know about this there's something that may hold up uh Britt Baker and Chris Statlander that's unfortunate
0: yeah it is unfortunate kind of echoing a sentiment you talked about Phoenix possibly legitimately injuring himself at Dynamite this Wednesday uh Britt Baker it looked like might have messed up her leg in her tag match uh between her and Nyla Rose taking on the uh-huh. team of Chris Statlander and Sheeta. and i mean like um if you didn't see it, uh, Sheeta and Statlander kind of almost did a double Death Valley driver type move, throwing the heavier Nyla Rose onto the uh, smaller frame of Britt Baker. By the way, I'm, when I say bigger Nyla Rose, that's not me body shaming or anything. That's just literally me making the observation. Yes, she is bigger than uh, Britt Baker. but You mean unlike,
1: her- J- unlike JR, who's not sure she's 185 pounds?
0: <laughs> Man, she's a, she's a big girl, isn't she? But that... Uh, she, and
1: Shivani with the line, the night, Jr. you can go right up to her and ask her.
0: <laughs> yeah, there, uh, quick sidebar, there's been some Jr. commentary over the last couple of weeks. It's like, uh, okay, Boomer Sooner, settle down. We get it. We get it. But, uh, yeah, there are some reports – Or or rather, this match is up in the air just based on the way Nyla Rose landed on the legs of Britt Baker, uh, was clearly in a lot of pain after the fact, and was quickly moved out of the matchup, and doctors came and looked at her. If Britt Baker does have to miss this match, it is a damn shame because Britt Baker's character work has been one of the highlights of AEW over the last few weeks. Her character is must-see, in my opinion
1: absolutely ever since she turned heel and even Mm -hmm. when she kind of turned heel it was a little rocky because she gets out there on the cruise and she starts cutting the infamous starbucks promo on skiophone (laughs) and you're like what oh y'all are trying to turn her heel and y'all are still messing up women's wrestling at aew but she's she's figured it out and you know she's been red hot since going back again to the nightmare factory tapings and she mm-hmm. legit bust her nose open. oh that was gross. And they get that, they get that shirt up there yeah, immediately. And, and she's on, she's on a roll and the whole role model thing. Uh, you know, when the, the wife who's, I wouldn't even call her a casual wrestling fan. She tolerates that. I watch wrestling, <laughs> watches it with me. And she goes, "Britt Baker's not a role model. She comes off as a bitch. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that's the point. She's a heel.
0: She's a heel.
1: Uh, it's her job to stir the shit pot uh, it would be unfortunate I will say though I do think you could very quickly uh, make the call to the bullpen and put Penelope Ford in that match with Chris Statlander because she also got a good rub uh, from the, the the pre-taped shows working uh, not only in singles competition but uh, you know, obviously as the 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 valet to her real life fiance Kip Sabian. Congratulations there on that. Yeah, good uh, on you, Kip. Yes, very good <laughs> on you, dude. I don't care. I don't care if you are eventually the AEW World Champion. That's your that's your life accomplishment. Uh huh. You did it, buddy. She she's. O- I don't know if let's say she's over right now, but like I would watch Statlander and Ford because that would have some of those same ranking title. Uh, implications as Baker and Statlander and both would benefit from that because she's been able to establish herself more recently so mm-hmm. I-, I hope Brit's okay because I want to keep that I don't want her to get sidetracked again because that character's gaining a lot of momentum but I do think Penelope could uh, kind of slide in there so I guess it's kind of hard to make a prediction on that match since we don't know what's going on uh, if Baker's in it then the obvious thing I think is for her to go over Statlander if she's not, we got to see if the match even happens.
0: See, I would agree with you. I think if Britt Baker is in the match, you would go with Britt Baker just because she has been on such a role, not only with her character development. Also in the ring, she's been pretty damn good too. Let's not sleep on her in-ring ability as well. But this might also be a little bit of foreshadowing for another pick. If if Britt Baker beats Chris Statlander, and then Nyla Rose beats Sheeta. Who's next up to take on the still champion native beast, Nyla Rose? Because Chris Statlander sits number two in the rankings, but at the same time, we got Statlander Rose pretty much somewhat or somewhat recently, and I felt like that was rushing that matchup because I felt like Statlander d- does still have AEW Women's Champion potential written all over her. Do you want to... Put her back up in that matchup against Nyla Rose, but even with all that said, if this matchup happens as is, I do think Britt Baker picks up the victory because she is, like you said, she's another person that's really made the most of all all the opportunities that's been given to her, particularly at the Nightmare Factory tapings. But again, like I, I don't know if we're gonna go heel versus heel, especially you know those two heels specifically but i i do like the idea of uh if they do have to make a substitute of penelope ford being entered into that and if that does happen i think statlander picks up the victory there but with the matchup we've been given right now i'm gonna go Britt baker over chris statlander because even though i mean like i said i think the alien uh is still very primed at some point to get an aew women's title run she's kind of been on kind of a kind of a rocky path here recently and and I don't I don't see that changing this weekend if that matchup happens and you know hopefully Britt Baker is healthy enough to participate mm-hmm. in that matchup.
1: I, I don't want to give away a prediction on what happens in the women's title match. I don't think that Sheeta Rose necessarily has to be one and done, uh, depending on the outcome of it.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. All right.
1: I I, I mean, look, obviously, if you have a title change, that's natural because logically, you know, in other fight sports, there's rematch clauses in boxing and in the UFC. And so that's a natural thing. Usually when you have a title change at some point, the, the former champ gets their rematch. Uh, Unless you're Chris Jericho and you're just like, I'm not going to have my rematch until fans are there because I've banned them from AEW.
0: Yeah, by the way, I just want to put that out there. Like, it's not the Corona COVID thing that is the reason AEW is not having fans. It's because Le Champion. Jeez, what a heel. So so
1: I actually actually think you don't have to worry about who becomes that next contender because I still think even if... Again, this is not my prediction, but even if Sheeta loses... To Nyla Rose, I think she's been so strong that she's still going to be the number one contender. I don't think it's like a college football poll where you automatically have to drop spots because you lose. I, I think they might uh, work that uh, angle uh, for a while.
0: That's an interesting point because, I mean, I have the AEW women's rankings pulled up. And at number one, Sheeta is 9-1. and one. At number two is Chris Statlander with a record of 3-4. and four. So, I mean, I guess win-loss record-wise, Sheeta could afford – a loss and still be positioned in you know the catbird seat so to speak.
1: I'd want to build that feud for a while cuz I just, you know, Sheet is a good worker. Sheet
0: has been so damn good. Sheet has been the highlight of the entire division. And she's
1: been so good and I think she's a good foil for Rose and it's that classic you know it's the classic storyline of the 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 little guy trying to get over on the big dude and you know We've all we've all we all saw Hulk versus Andre and, you, you know, the we rinse, lather, repeat. So whatever.
0: Yeah. We, uh, we all remember when, according to Hulk Hogan, he lifted up Andre the Giant, who at that point weighed 11000 tons and slammed him in front of an audience of seven million people in Detroit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right. Yeah. So uh, we hope Brit is OK. Let's uh, where we want to go next, man.
0: All right. Next up, we'll chat about Dustin Rhodes, the Natural, taking on the former Perfect Ten, Sean Spears. Uh, a matchup that was added, uh, kind of the last minute on the most recent episode of Dynamite. Sean Spears had a SNN uh, or an SSN uh, segment. Sean where- Spears News. There it is. SSN, bud. Yeah. Uh, Let me uh, Pier- help you spell. D- shut up, Rab. You know I don't know how to spell. Uh, but <laughs> well, so I'm trying to. I'm just trying to help you, man. Oh, is that what's going on? I'm just. I'm- I'm just trying to help you, man. We're yeah. seeing a heel turn in the making, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, <laughs> but but yes, uh, calling out Dustin Rhodes, saying that in a, quote, mediocre career, he's uh, decided to finally hang it up. Uh, clearly, that wasn't the case. So we're getting Dustin Rhodes taking on Sean Spears. Rab, who do you think is going to pick up the victory here?
1: Uh, see, I see. I, I, Spears more than likely, I mean. At this point in his career, it's kind of Dustin's job to put guys over. I'm not saying he's a jobber that he won't ever win, but it's Spears. So uh, this is probably, if they don't open with the casino ladder match, uh, this is probably your opener uh, on the card. Uh, But uh, this seems like a a pretty good opportunity to build Sean Spears' uh, profile a little bit more with a win over Dustin Rhodes.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna also pick Sean Spears. I think he needs it more than Dustin does at this point in his career because AEW, I think, wants Sean Spears to be that gatekeeper of the mid card into the into the top part of the card. And I think I think for him to kind of achieve that role, he needs to pick up a victory here because for the most part when it comes to entering stuff, Sean Spears is generally catching the L. And, and you also have to remember his partnership with Tully Blanchard. I don't know if Tully is going to show up, uh, at this, uh, pay per view, a double or nothing being his corner, but it seems like they, they could do more with the victory for Sean Spears than they could with the victory for Dustin Rhodes, because at this point in his career, he is an already made man, especially in this company. He's already proven he can still go with everybody on that roster where he doesn't really need that victory to, you know, solidify himself where Sean Spears, I think a victory over Dustin Rhodes could help him move up or, or, or have a upward trajectory as opposed to kind of a, middling yeah he's just kind of hanging out with mjf in the audience making nyla rose farted jokes on a sign uh so i i think sean spears (laughs) picks up the victory here um i'm sure it'll be a fine matchup but that isn't a matchup that i'm necessarily all that looking forward to because i mean like i did say it was a somewhat last minute addition to the card um Speaking of the person uh, Sean Spears has been standing next to the last few weeks, it is Maxwell Jacob Friedman, or MJF, taking on Jungle Boy. Rab, who you got here?
1: Uh, I'm sorry, Tony Schiavone. I got MJF. I don't. I don't want MJF to win, but MJF is going to win and be ten and zero. And I, I just don't think they've exactly. Uh, figured out what to do with Jurassic Express collectively and i don't see uh, i don't i don't see the advantage of MJF putting over jungle boy yet uh or i think it's more important to kind of keep MJF pristine cuz like uh excalibur's pointed out the last several weeks technically technically MJF has never been pinned or submitted. He did lose a match but that was part of a, uh, a a multi-person match and he wasn't the one that was pinned. Uh but he 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 lost the match. So got MJF uh getting the win there.
0: Okay, I'm going to go kind of a, maybe in a surprising Move. I'm gonna go. Jungle Boy pulls the upset over MJF, maybe in a flash pin roll up type situation, or uh, maybe Marco Stunt uh, comes out, causes a distraction. Wardlow uh, inadvertently causes MJF the victory here. I think I think Jungle Boy picks up the victory here because I think MJF. I'm not gonna say he's a made man when it comes to AEW, just because he's a so young and b so fresh in his run, but like clearly AEW and the decision makers clearly have big plans for MJF, but I'm going to say jungle boy gets the victory here. Not only will this help raise the star of jungle boy, it'll also help also elevate just uh Jurassic express as a whole, because I also think AEW has something in the, in Jurassic express and they, they will do something big with them in the future. But I think Jungle Boy picks up kind of the shocking, surprising upset victory over MJF here, and that might lead to something later in the night as well.
1: And plus, we know that if MJF loses, he's not going to take it very well, and then you just have months and months and months of salt to the art content. <laughs> so there you go. You make you may, you make you make a compelling point. It's is competi- more compelling than the the point that I made. So. Uh, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I'm not going to change my prediction because I'm a man of my word. Uh, but uh, that would be what I want to see happen.
0: All right. Well, uh, I did say I think MJF losing to Jungle Boy could lead to something later in the night. Next up, let's talk about the Casino Ladder Match, where once again the winner does receive a shot at the AEW World Championship in the future. Once again, it is Darby Allen, Colt Cabana. Orange Cassidy, Ray Phoenix, question mark, Scorpio Sky, Kip Sabian, Frankie Kazarian, Luchasaurus, and a mystery competitor, Rab, who you got and why?
1: I have Darby. I've had Darby since the day they put him in the match. Now, I could also very conceive, it's conceivable uh, that, you know, I would believe that they would give Kib Sabian a shot at a title match, uh, a la Scorp uh, got that title shot on a a Dynamite. Um, But I got Darby. Uh, I just don't, you you know, like, no offense to, like, Colt Cabana, but is he really established enough to need a title shot? Uh, Maybe Orange, but... I don't want to say this is, is tailor-made. It, it's not uh, brawl for all obvious who they want to win, but I, I think it's Darby here. The wild card is the surprise entrant, but I, I think Darby gets the win the latter match, has the future title shot. I don't know exactly what the stipulations are going to be. I don't think it's a straight-up money-in-the-bank thing where you just like come out there after... You know the Dark Orders attack John Moxley and and you get one of those instant pin situations, the cash in situation. But uh, I think it's one of those things where Darby kind of has that in his back pocket, and we explore that uh, down the road with whoever the champ may be. But I'm really hoping we kind of get a Darby Allen John Moxley uh, program at some point.
0: That would be some compelling stuff because, I mean, if you remember back to when AEW Dynamite first started airing, it seemed like John Moxley, who was a total loner, the only person he was somewhat kind of close to in a very not close way at all was Darby Allin. They kind of had like a, oh, little buddy type mentality, uh, friendship thing going on. And my pick for the longest time ever since this match was initially announced was Darby Allin because... He was the first participant to be announced. Uh, Colt Cabana, could I see it? Possibly, maybe, but I, I think he's already established enough with it, with these wrestling fans, and he might be just kind of an upper mid card type guy. Orange Cassidy, he's already over as is. Ray Phoenix, if he, again, could he end up being a AEW world champion in the future? Absolutely, without a doubt. But A, with the whole death triangle thing and him still being, in theory, involved with the Lucha Bros tag team partner or uh, partnership. And be his health, I don't know if that's going to happen. Scorpio Sky, Frankie Kazarian, eh, possibly they could get there, particularly Kazarian. I mean, he is a veteran who really has never been able to take that next step or get that shot, so I could see that being a very compelling story. Kip Sabian, I do think, is a dark horse in this matchup, as is Luchasaurus, but my winner is going to be MJF, who is going to be so pissed off he lost to Jungle Boy. Him and Wardlow is going to come out and just, like, lace to everybody. And MJF, Mr. Salt of the Earth, is going to win that ladder match, setting up John Moxley, or whoever the champion is going to be in the future, <clears throat> uh, taking on MJF. This gets MJF into the top uh, top of the card, into that title picture, where, I mean, promo-wise... He's kind of second to none on uh, on the stick on this planet, so I'm going to MJF here.
1: I could see that. That would be interesting. Uh, I had it uh, thrown out. I had our our mutual friend Michael Shibley. Who, uh, quick, give him a, a plug because he's a good dude. And he just dropped his 101st uh, episode hey, of bravo, Modern Gladiators on, on top of. Uh, The other podcast he did at the other place and I I can't remember what the name of it was Uh, so he's done way more than 100 uh, (laughs) podcast episodes he sees that casino ladder match TBA potentially being the debut of somebody who maybe uh, came from elsewhere he didn't allude to exactly who but maybe a former WWE wrestler who may be making a big debut we'll see I like the MJF thing because you know you put MJF uh, with any body like I even it wouldn't even matter like let's just say hypothetically Brody Lee beat John Moxley and that's the plan and Brody Lee stole the belt and then he backed it up or you know his minions manipulated the finish and he he stole the title okay I'll watch MJF make uh cult jokes uh for six weeks and then we have a match or you know MJF versus a a can of soda. Like, MJF could carry the can of soda. He's that good. So that would be unorthodox. I still think it's Darby Allin. I think Darby Allin, again, has kind of that similar quality as MJF. You can almost put him with anybody, and it doesn't matter that technically you're putting two faces against one another. It doesn't... MJ. MJF is, is clearly a heel, but he's like over with the crowd. Uh, but if it was Moxley versus Darby and it's kind of that tweener you know, thing with Darby, is he a face, is he a heel, you'd kind of have that 50-50 split. You'd have 50% of the people back in Darby and 50% of the people back in Moxley. And, and that's not always a bad way to be.
0: No, and it, it, definitely... it doesn't have to
1: be straight babyface heel you know, clearly defined, spelled out for you like we're four years old uh, watching uh, Rugrats uh, a lot of the time.
0: And it does seem like in the last few weeks, especially with those uh – TV interviews with Taz, they have been dancing on the whole Darby Allen tweener, possibly tipping the scale in the heel aspect. I don't know if they want to go full blown with that, but I do like the thought process of Darby Allen winning this because like I said, before they introduced the mystery competitor, like Darby was also going to be my pick. But speaking of the mystery uh, competitor and piggybacking off uh, Shibley's pick, a former Let's just call it a former WWE superstar. Uh, I've seen some rumors, and I can't believe Sting. Like really, Sting? Mis- like like like? Don't get me wrong. I love the Stinger, but I could have sworn that. Like his neck was so messed up, like had something similar to Edge's uh, career ender, which of course Edge has now come back, but that that was years ago. I've also seen uh, some rumors it could be the recently uh, contract-free Drew Gulak, uh, who does not have at least I think that thirty-day or ninety-day no compete clause because his contract just straight up expired, much like Matt Hardy's contract where he could then show up and go free to wherever he wanted. But another name that I think could uh, possibly be something is Chris Hero, the former Cassius Ono, uh, because Chris Hero was an independent wrestling legend forever, went to the WWE, had some success, collected a paycheck a couple times, but didn't really you know, get to the point where he wanted to. And I could very easily see him Coming to AEW and having a good spot. I don't know if he would be the winner in that situation. Rab, do any of those names grab you or is there another former WWE guy you would possibly like to see as that mystery competitor? Uh,
1: I, I haven't, I hate to say, it, I haven't put a lot of thought uh, into who I thought the mystery competitor could be. Uh, you know, I, I just kind of looking at the, the roster and a lot of guys that I would think to plug in maybe they you know had a good run in the in the TNT tournament they have a an, another match um something like that so uh, it, i mean i honestly wouldn't be surprised if, if the you know if it's somebody who's already on on, on the on the roster uh, for AEW, it would be a good spot for a debut, but I'm with you, dude. Uh, bringing St- Sting back—that's just solidifying yourself as the next Impact Wrestling. Like we don't need to do that. Um, we're we're good there. Um, I mean, literally the 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 guys I could think of, you know, maybe a Wardlow. Maybe that's what you do, and he just runs through everybody, and you start to build Wardlow up a little bit more, and you get him in a feud uh, with, with John Moxley and kind of let MJF kind of help steer Wardlow in that direction. Or and we've talked about because we thought it was interesting that two or three members of SCU are uh, in that match. Maybe it's Christopher Daniels. I don't know. Uh that could be interesting if it, I don't think if CD is number 9 that it necessarily changes uh the outcome of the match but it could kind of steer us in that, you know, one last run of the fallen angel uh that could be fun. D- direction. So uh honestly, if it would have been me instead of booking Sean Spears versus Dustin Rhodes Uh, I wouldn't have booked that ninth match and I would have put one of those two dudes, uh, in this match unless the, unless you have some sort of, um, big surprise debut, uh, planned, uh, that's just me, uh. You could throw a Joey Janela out there, but I don't think anybody believes that Joey Janela is going to legitimately challenge for the I actually World think Janela has point. come
0: out and said he is not participating in that ladder match because that thought did enter my mind as well. And much like you said, I don't I'd think... I'd love he- to
1: see him, though, because I think he's a great worker. He's, one, again, one of those guys mm-hmm. I didn't know a lot about before all this got rolling and, and watching, you know, Dart here and there and, and some of his work. I really like that. So I don't really know. Uh Uh. I'm going to, I think, hope for some sort of surprise debut. But, you know, I, I still think this match is designed to be the rocket ship that takes Darby Allen to his first uh, t- world championship storyline. I, I don't think he, this is when he gets that brass ring. But I, I think you build this uh, towards giving Darby Allen that shot uh, at the top of the card and see how he handles it
0: i mean i would love for darby to get that opportunity because i i think the first aew born star from like the time dynamite started airing has been darby allen like like he is a star in the making if he's not already there and this could be the thing that gets him over the top to that next tier of talent But, I mean, like I I picked MJF for a reason, so I'm going to stick with that. By the way, I do just want to point out, when Sting got injured facing Seth Rollins, he looked pretty damn good in the ring right up until everything came to a screeching halt. And even in his Impact slash TNA run, Stinger still brought it in the ring. So, I mean, that said, I'm not all that interested in seeing, uh, you know, Sting show up. Don't get me wrong, he's a legend, but at the same time, like I I I just feel like he'd feel out of place. That's that's not a slide against Sting, like one of my favorite wrestlers growing up. But just like one of these things is not like the other, if you get my drift. Bingo. Alright, next up is going to be Matt Hardy and the Elite taking on the inner circle in a stadium stampede match, which I mean. I think the name's kind of hokey, but at the same time, like it's it's perfect for what they want to do. And if this past week's uh, dynamite was any sort of a teaser, and the uh, match between Kenny Omega and Matt Hardy taking on the sex god, or excuse me, less sex gods, greatest, get it right, damn it, greatest tag team name of all time. If we're being completely honest. If those are just the teasers of what's to come, and they get to play in the entirety of the of the stadium of the Jacksonville Jaguars, I think I heard them say that the that the ring is going to be at the fifty yard line. Yep, this is going to be so much damn fun, and I cannot wait for this match. Like like I think and, I think this is going to end up being the match of the night.
1: Yeah, I think this one has the. the, the I I don't know if I can say this is the one that steals the show, right? Because, like, there's all the like, people are expecting this to be the match of the night. There's a difference between being match of the night and stealing the show, right? Because we Mm -hmm. talk about that. Um, I think MJF and Jungle Boy probably steal the show. I can Um, see that, yep. Or possibly the women's championship match, I think, could actually be the show stealer. I think this might be match of the night. I agree. This would be like, this would be up there with. With with uh, uh, Hangman and and Kenny versus the Bucks. God, that match uh, was so good. And if you saw they because they had the field painted uh, for that uh, go home segment, the elite uh, on dynamite. Mm-hmm. You had the elite in one end zone. You had the inner circle in the other. You got the double or nothing logo. Uh, it's just so cool that like Tony Khan calls his dad and is like, hey, can we use your football stadium for a gimmick and you get to actually do it. Uh, don't forget, Tony Khan owns that parking lot, guys. We can do whatever we want because he owns a parking lot. It's, uh. But... I mean, if the, the, not that the WWE couldn't pull it off, but like the WWE decides, okay, we're having this pay-per-view at whatever arena. We want to do this empty arena match. We want to do it in a football stadium. They got all these logistics to go through. Tony's just like, yeah, use the stadium, you know, whatever. Uh, the Jaguars aren't going to be using it for anything useful anytime soon.
0: Which, which by the way, speaking of, uh, reports are saying this match is going to have more offense in it than the entirety of the Jacksonville Jaguars this season, so...
1: I can confirm that.
0: I mean, your quarterback is Gardner Minshew, for crying out loud. His name is Gardner Minshew.
1: Really looking forward to this. I was really curious. I was like, okay, wait a second. I started counting elite members. And then I was like, so we haven't seen Adam Page. We haven't seen the Young Bucks in a long time.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is the first time we've seen the Bucks since the whole corona shutdown has happened outside of being the elite.
1: Which makes sense cuz they have young children. Apparently Adam Page has young children, and it was completely voluntary to go be on AEW and they waited until they were comfortable doing it cuz Tony Tony's awesome.
0: All. Be safe, y'all.
1: But then I was like, okay, so t- the the commentators are bringing up where's Hangman and, and where's the young buck, so that's going to have to get answered. Uh But I'm still excited for this. Hangman literally doing a 100-yard sprint <laughs> to deliver a lariat was the best thing ever.
0: A literal run-in.
1: <laughs> and, uh, you know, he's still got this frosty relationship with the elite, but when it comes time to do some ass-kicking, he's ready to kick some inner circle ass can't wait for that match. And, you know, who knows? They're in a football stadium, so there can be carts of golf and mowers of lawns and
0: <laughs> blowers of snow if they wanted to, and
1: coolers of ice, <laughs> and boxes of sky. Like,
0: oh my God. Like, this even is even more
1: so than just fun. the match. We were talking about this uh, during a pause. We we're trying to figure out how many times Matt Hardy's going to. How many versions of Matt Hardy shows up? Because he didn't change clothes. Different versions appeared because he's just a vessel.
0: Exactly. He's a
1: vessel. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Green beans. Fabulous.
0: I think we set the over under over under two and a half versions of Matt Hardy. So, Rab, do you want to hit the over or do you want to hit the under for how many Matt Hardys we see at double or nothing?
1: I'm going to take the over, and again, I think we got to two and a half because if I can remember it right, I'm pretty sure he started the match as Damascus, became Hardy Boys. Let's kill ourselves with the latter Matt Hardy, even though he's not a spot monkey anymore. Spot monkey. And then he became Damascus again when he got out of the, the ice chest, God. the chest of ice. So I'm going to go over just because they're going to give them, they're going to give these guys a good half hour, easy for this match. And so, although Tony Khan might not sanction the uh, different versions of Matt Hardy, I think we're going to get at least a couple. And I I, cannot be on. I really hope we get some V1 Matt Hardy. Like if legally they can do that
0: legally, I don't know if they can pull it off, but as a V1 Matt Hardy, Mark, I would love to see that. I think I'm going to hit the under. I think we see two versions of Matt Hardy. I think we see the stronger than death, Matt Hardy, and then we also see Damascus broken, Matt Hardy. But this is the match that I'm looking most forward to at this show because I think it's going to be great. We've already seen Matt Hardy, Kenny Omega, Chris Jericho, Sammy Guevara put on a hell of a matchup in in their tag team matchup where they just brawled all across Daly's uh, Palace Place, whatever you call it, into the field of the Jaguars. Um, like, I'm, I'm so looking forward to this match. I think it's going to be fun. I think that Matt Hardy and the Elite pick up the victory here. I I, I love what you pointed out with uh, Hangman Page. He still has a frosty relationship with the Elite. He shows up to kick ass when he needs to, but he's still not on friendly terms with these guys. I don't think this is where we see the Elite Blow up, break down, whatever you want to call it, because quite frankly, I think we're going to see that when Cody is also involved. Maybe maybe we'll see that whenever blood and guts happens, that we finally see, you know, the fracturing of the elite. But I think I think that Matt Hardy and the elite will pick up the victory, kind of get a little bit of uh, victory. And evenness, you know, go one, one against the inner circle, which sets up the blood and guts uh, whenever it is, is kind of a tiebreaker. And I think that is when we see the poof, implosion of the elite.
1: See, that's interesting. Cause I kind of thought it would go the other way. Cause I don't know, just something gives me this gut feeling that it's building towards the elite kind of triumph, final triumph over the inner circle comes at, at, at blood and guts. But uh, y- what you say makes a lot of sense. Is that you eventually are wanting to go towards the demise of the elite, and, and that comes from you know Hangman having a, a tire blowout and it you know cost the elite or something like that. I I don't know. So um, that said, I think maybe just to be different and also kind of stick with my gut, I think the inner circle gets the the dub here because I don't. Uh, I don't I don't know that I really count that match that they had to determine who, you know, got the advantage in the blood and guts match that never happened. Uh but I mean technically they did fight each other in what a, a tag match, so technically it, it would be one o inner circle. Uh I, I just I, I think maybe the inner circle gets it over on them one more time here and then uh I, I think whenever we do have blood and guts uh, the elite comes out on top, and then they, you know, uh, something stupid is the reason that that Hangman, uh, blows up on the elite. I actually think the the tag belts will be involved uh, in that.
0: Okay, and and I could very easily see it. The inner circle gets another one over on the elite because I mean, like that's that's what dastardly heels do. They win when they shouldn't, and they they make the baby faces look that much worse. But like I. I don't know i kind of feel like i see the elite evening the score so to speak against the inner circle and we do have that you know rubber match at blood and guts whenever it happens i look forward to whenever it happens but that'll be another podcast for another time um any other thoughts on the stadium stampede because i think this thing is going to
1: kick ass no i'm just really looking forward to it and so pretty much because you know, if you click on Stadium Stampede, it just takes you to the description of an in, an empty arena match. So, pretty much they're just going. to, From what we understand, they're just going to do whatever the hell they want for thirty minutes, and then somebody's going to get pinned.
0: Yeah, pretty much. And and uh, cool. that's the rules.
1: There are no rules. You just do whatever you want. Yep, pretty much. Just don't break Tony. Just don't break Shad Khan's uh, stadium.
0: Yeah, because then the mustache will come and kick Tony Khan's ass, and then if Tony Khan gets his ass kicked, everybody on the AEW rosters gonna get their ass right. kicked.
1: I see Shad Khan going full like Iron Cheek, breaking Tony's back and making him humble.
0: We will humble the Tony Khan, yes, uh, the fucking jabron.
1: <laughs> can- camel clutch, bitch.
0: <laughs> oh my God, Shad Khan should have been the uh, the leader of uh, of the dark order. <laughs>
1: uh no that i don't even know uh, if Sh- I, I, i'm pretty sure that like shad tolerates tony's wrestling because a there's a good business plan he's a businessman and b his son didn't turn out to be an idiot but i i think he also at the same time thinks probably thinks that wrestling is kind of stupid he's probably like what what the hell are you spending my money on why are you why but hey i promised you that if you make good grades you could have whatever you wanted so here's a <laughs> wrestling company
0: See, my folks, when I was in school, they just said I could rent something from Blockbuster Video if my grades are good. By the way, Blockbuster Video used to be a place where you could go do Netflix, but in a building.
1: Yep. <laughs> no, but that's literally what used to happen is Tony would want to go to some random ECW show in Philly when they lived in like Detroit or wherever. And so he would get good grades and they'd fly the private jet to Philly and go to the moldy bingo hall. And and watch random ECW shows. I wish I was Tony Khan.
0: I was going to say that's that's a hell of a motivational factor. I too wish I was Tony Khan. Plus, he's a really snazzy dresser. Have you noticed?
1: He's a nice dude. Like (laughs) I interviewed him to promote Dynamite coming to Huntsville, Alabama, and like had like multiple technical staffs, and he just didn't give a fuck. He's just sitting over in the corner eating salad.
0: Ah, shout out to TK. Glad to know that you are half or that you are as cool on tv in real life that's that's super awesome he
1: he was he was very nice for a guy interviewing him for a small town am radio station so i appreciate that and the same thing with jim ross was cordial as shit when i got to interview him so that's
0: awesome well we'll have to talk about that in another podcast Uh, and and i can i can tell some stories about good guy kane as well uh It's always nice when you meet famous people and they're just decent, good human beings. You would be surprised how often it is the other way, ladies and gentlemen, let me just tell you that. So we have... Three matchups left, and they are Mm -hmm. three championship matchups. Let's start with the AEW Women's Championship. It is the native beast, Nyla Rose, taking on Sheeta in a no-disqualification, no-countout matchup for the AEW Women's Championship. This matchup was made a couple weeks ago on AEW Dynamite when Sheeta won a number one contendership match, and then when she was being interviewed for it, Nyla Rose showed up and said, I found your kendo stick, bitch, and then cracked her on the face. <laughs> I know Nyla is supposed to be the heel here, but God, that was hilarious. I was looking
1: so forward to saying that Kendo stick bitch line, but I'll let you have it because it's your podcast. So great. Just so great. Got your kendo stick bitch. Smack. <laughs> but no, I, I'm looking forward to this. I, I I think it's going to be a uh a really good match. It's interesting that they went right to the stipulation of no disqualification and no count out, but mm-hmm. Um, uh, for a multitude of reasons, I think Nyla goes over here, but like I'm cool with that because like I'm—I alluded to it earlier. I don't think uh, Sheeta automatically loses her number one contender st- status because she really separated herself from everyone else when they did the shows in Georgia. And I would look forward to a a trilogy, if you will, of these two kind of. Feuding for a while with a, a a big burn off at the end of the summer, perhaps at all out or whatever pay-per-view they have at the end of the year, whatever they end up calling the show.
0: I do think Sheeta has been on a tear. She's been one of the hell. I think she might be the all star of the women's division the last few months. Um, anytime she's in the ring, she always brings it. You can't take your eyes off her. Because of the in-ring stuff that she's doing, and plus she's compelling. That said, I think it's too early to take the title off of Nyla yep. Rose. I think that Nyla Rose is going to be built into the well native beast that she is, and she and she will run roughshod over the women's division. I'm going Nyla Rose, but I do think Sheeta is going to get in her fair share of offense in this match.
1: And I also think too. You know, I think AEW can book this smartly, and I'm not saying you just like let you know Sheeta go on a 10 match losing streak, but still get to face Nyla Rose. Uh, I agree with you; uh, it's too early to take the belt off of her. Uh, but I-, I think this is just the first of of several hopefully uh, good matches uh, b- between those two. Uh, Sheeta putting Rose through the table uh, the other night was awesome. Mm. By the way. Uh, so that leaves us with our, our two, uh, co main events. So we really, really kind of have, th- we really have four main event level matches with the ladder match, with the Stampede, and then the two, uh, other, uh, men's, uh, title match. Although, I don't know, Dawes. What do you think? The we end the night with with Moxley versus Brody Lee. We end the night with the TNT Championship. Maybe the Stampede match last. Hmm. Uh, your main, you know, the way they build it on television. Your main event of the evening is is John Moxley versus Brody Lee. Uh, But, I mean, you got some really good choices to put at the top of that card.
0: I was going to say, because, I mean, like, title-wise, of course, Moxley defending the title against Mr. Brody Lee. That should be your main event. But I just don't know. Compared to the Stadium Stampede match, compared to the uh, Casino Ladder match, hell, I would even say compared to the TNT Championship match, I don't know if it has the gravitas that those matches have. So,
1: I think your TNT match should go on last cuz you're crowning a new champion. Mm-hmm. You, you you built you've done a really good job building Cody versus Lance. You got Mike Tyson coming in to present the belt. Yeah. And I you know maybe it's not fair to make anybody go on after that stadium stampede match, but I almost kind of put that over in its own other category like the last like in-arena match. And Cody and Lance should probably lead into the stadium match. So that really should kind of be your co-main event.
0: Yeah, I could, I could see that working very well because it's like, let's go ahead and just talk about the AEW world championship match, Uh champion, John Moxley, even though he does not have the title defending against Mr. Brody Lee, the exalted one of the dark order. Like we've talked off the air through text. I, I think they've made this match and feud just out of who they had available when they did due to the Corona shutdown, and I could be a thousand percent wrong when I say that. This is just my gut feeling. I almost feel like they're doing a disservice to the Dark Order because... Like this feels way too soon to put the dark order and Brody or excuse me, Mr. Brody Lee into the main event title picture. Could they have gotten there eventually? Absolutely. They absolutely could have. But I don't know just with the circumstances and the way we've gotten here. It's not the most compelling stuff. Am I am I alone in that?
1: I don't want to say it's not compelling. I will agree with you that it was kind of quickly build. uh, Built, excuse me, and I. I, I do think it was just kind of the, the mother of necessity. It's the same way they just had to come up with random pairings and you know, luckily they I had already planned to have the TNT tournament and they were able to make that the focus of those uh pre taped dynamites that they did uh in Georgia. Uh I, I do think too, you know, Brody Lee benefits from having that cachet. Smart wrestling fans know he was uh what, Luke Harper, right? Mm-hmm. Luke in, Harper in yeah. WWE. Uh, so they know his his uh, potential. He worked uh, several squash matches to establish kind of establish himself uh, uh, in Georgia. And, and John Moxley flat out put out a challenge: "Hey, you want some? Come get some!" Type thing, uh, steal a John Cena line <laughs> in that promo he cut in the desert before he went back to live dynamites. And so Brody Lee called him on his shit, and then. You know, if they, if it would have just been that, if he just would have come attack Moxley, I might have agreed with you. But it's kind of, I'm kind of compelled because he physically took the belt, and that seems kind of stupid. Again, I'm not a belt mark, but he physically took the belt. Okay, so now it's logical. This jabroni comes in here, thinks he runs things, and he can just steal my belt if I want to. I'm gonna go take the damn thing back, and. It, I feel bad for Uno and Grayson. But, no you know, kidding. they can't work. They're on the shelf right now because they're from Canada and they can't get there to work right now. So at least it's keeping, at least because the the Exalted One debuted, at least the Dark Order completely isn't off of television. You know, um, and hopefully soon they'll find some compelling way to work uh, Uno and Grayson back into the mix. You know, hopefully we get to see The Butcher, The Bunny, and The Blade again soon, and you can build kind of those heel tag teams uh, back up. Uh, I don't think it's the most compelling match we have on the card. Uh, clearly, that's uh, either Cody Arch- Cody versus Archer or the Stadium Stampede, even the Casino Battle Royal. Uh, but for the short time frame they had, after you had that really poop-tastic uh, Jake Hager-John Moxley empty arena match that they overbuilt, Oh yeah. uh, this is not the... This is not the worst uh, build they've ever done uh, in the history of wrestling. So it's not it could be better. again, kind of sort of like Sheeta and Rose. I hope this is just kind of the opening salvo. Uh, but it's not the worst. I'm not down on it as you are.
0: Well, I don't want to say I'm down on it, but it's like something you said the smart fan realizes uh, Mr. Brody Lee's past life as luke harper and that's part of part of the reason i'm like kind of looking at a little bit sideways because i've already seen the uh the naysayers and the detractors online saying yeah i've seen this matchup is the uh, main event of wwe main event of dean ambrose taking on luke harper and it's like okay sure fair enough but neither one of those competitors are those same characters and i think both have stepped their game up vastly from their past life but at the same time. That does still kind of have a little bit of truth, just because Luke Harper still kind of is somewhat similar to Mr. Brody Lee in a lot of people's eyes. I think this is going to be a fine matchup. I'm a fan of both of these competitors, and I do think you are onto something. I think this is just going to be step one, as opposed to a one-match-and-done-feud-type scenario. Uh, Like, I... I've been a big fan of the Dark Order since they got over their initial Rocky start leading up to the uh, unveiling of uh, Mr. Brody Lee being the Exalted One. That said, it's just like, I don't know, something about this whole build, I I think you nailed it when you said it's the mother of necessity. Uh, they were, uh, when your provisions are provisionless, you gotta make do. And it's like, that's not a slight against uh, Brody Lee in, in in any way, or the Dark Order. But it's just like, I... <sighs> I don't know. It's like I can't see a way that Brody Lee steals the title from John Moxley. Like I, I, I just don't see it right now.
1: I think it's a lot of making chicken salad out of chicken shit. My only thing is if everybody can kind of see it from a mile away that they don't really believe. It's like when we get into the TNT match in a minute. I legitimately could make a very passionate case for either of those dudes mm-hmm. to win that match. Uh, you you know, we presented compelling arguments for MJF Jungle Boy. Uh, not so much with the casino ladder match, some of these other matches on the card. Uh, you know, there's a compelling reason that the Elite or the Inner Circle, you can really believe. I don't know, let
0: me jump in here. I think I could make a compelling argument for like six of the eight announced participants of the ladder match to win it.
1: Well, that's true. I'm just, you know...
0: I'm, <laughs> of course, of course, I, I'm a blowhard who likes to hear myself talk, but yeah, I digress. I'm
1: just the Darby train, man. I think that's just the smart way to go. This, it's kind of like when H- they had the empty arena match with Moxley and Hager, you kind of knew they weren't going to take the strap off of Moxley. I don't think they are take the strap off of Moxley here yeah. either. I just hope there's a way... <sighs> Brody Lee doesn't need a rub. He's not some he's not some greenhorn that needs a rub to get himself over. He's established, you know. He's got skins in the game, on the wall. But you do need the rub of you don't want everything you built up over these last couple months. And he was one of those guys that was uh, able to get some good play because, again, mother of necessity, he was one of like ten dudes they had in Georgia to film some matches. Yeah. Um you don't wanna you don't wanna wipe all that out because Moxley retains. There's gotta be there's gotta be a way to still keep Brody as that strong, you know, heel exalted one type thing. So I'm interested to see how the match plays out. Uh, but at the end of the day this is again a mother necessity. Hey, we gotta make some chicken salad out of chicken shit situation.
0: Yeah, I, I do think there is going to be a lot of Dark Order interference. We're going to see 10. We're going to see every goon that they can put under a mask get involved. There's going to be some sort of shenanigans going on. But I do think John Moxley, at the end of the day, does not to, retain to fantasy, and get it back.
1: Not to fancy book it, but I don't even know why this would matter, because it's the thing that heel would usually do, but... John Moxley just gets pissed off and just takes his belt and leaves or some crap. I don't know, but I could very easily see a situation
0: where Moxley just snaps and we saw him, uh, pillmanize an arm of uh, the arm of 10 this past week on dynamite. I could see him just snap, get a chair, get a ladder, get anything that isn't nailed down and just start bludgeoning, uh, Mr. Brody Lee with it, get himself disqualified and boom, this feud continues on. But I mean, like I, I would be very surprised if Mister Brodie Lee picks up the one two three and becomes the new AEW champion this weekend. That said, well, I, we got to get Brodie Lee some you, new gear. Think, can yeah. can can we, we please get Brodie Lee some new gear?
1: Shop AEW dot com, buddy. <laughs> uh, I, I do think, like you said, you got to find some way to keep this feud going because I think you need this feud to go uh, to midsummer like another month, and then. After this is given a fair shake, then Darby kind of somehow, or whoever wins the ladder match, but I'm predicting Darby finds a way to insert himself at the uh, the main uh, top of the card uh, in the Julyish uh, time period leading in. Because I think if you win that casino ladder match, I think you should get the headline of pay per view. I think Darby's paid it. I, I think Darby's uh, built himself up to enough to deserve that to not have or Scorp or Orange, whoever it is, uh, to get a good build and get to go do that match at a pay per view. Because I just also think by that time you might have fans back. And if you have John Moxley versus Darby Allen and Moxley puts Allen over and he wins that crowd pop and what you're getting, the money you're going to generate off of that match is just stupid. So, anyway. All right, man. So that leaves us one more to talk about. Again, uh, we could debate because what we could, the. The world championship match, the this one, uh, the casino ladder match, the stadium stampede. You know, it's twenty twenty, so yeah, there's no reason the women couldn't headline a a, a pay per view. Absolutely, uh, that feud's not quite there yet, but there's you know, there are uh, three world championship matches. Uh, there's the big stampede match. There's the the ladder match. There are plenty of main event level matches on this card, but this is the one I think everybody's looking the most forward to, and I kinda consider the the crown jewel of the evening Cody, don't call me Rhodes <laughs> with Arn and Brandy versus the murderhawk. ain't scared of no fucking murder Hornets Archer <laughs> and the snake Jake Roberts uh for the inaugural TNT uh championship and iron mike tyson there to uh present the belt uh to the winner and then if you believe uh whatever they were uh talking about on commentary apparently mike's going to you know fight some i don't know it, it was weird last night was a little weird <laughs> they went off on some non sequiturs at the commentary table and I'm like Okay, guys, but anyway, uh, big match we've been looking forward to. They had that tournament, uh, the final, the quarterfinals and semifinals back in April, uh, those matches they taped uh, at the Nightmare Factory, and uh, it, it went where I thought this was going. This was going to be the vehicle for this person's debut, so again, there were guys I would like to see in that picture because I wanted to get that shot, but... Uh, ultimately this was smart booking because they had that kind of pre-existing feud uh, and you get again, Lance Archer versus Cody for the inaugural TNT championship does.
0: Yeah, I'm excited for this. This is a match. Uh, Stop me. If you've heard this one before, Cody has the most compelling story going into a pay-per-view, but once again, Cody has the most compelling story going into a pay-per-view and I have loved the story they've told between Cody, uh Lance Archer, heck even bringing in Arn Brandy and man, can we talk about how the surprise star of 2020 is Jake "The Snake" Roberts because he has come literally out of nowhere and every time he's in the ring and every time he has a microphone, you literally cannot look away from him. Like even though he is a little bit longer in the tooth than he was in his prime, his vocal skills are still second to none. Like everything that he has said, I mean, even it has been a uh, well, i will not I'm not even a touch. It has been full blown misogynistic the last few weeks talking about Brandy Rhodes. Like, man, Jake the Snake Roberts is still just one hell of a heel in 2020. Um, I got to give you some credit. I initially thought that Darby Allin was going to be the person that walks away with the TNT Championship. But you, from the word go, said, yeah, this is going to end up being Cody and Lance Archer because they already had the story set up. And And I clearly didn't see that where you did. So bravo to you. But <sighs> I think it's going to be Cody. And the reason I say that is because Cody still can't go for the AEW world heavyweight championship. And Cody, I mean, he tends to be catching a lot of L's in these big matches, even though I say he's, uh, he tells the best stories. I mean, like, uh He's always the one it seems to be counting the lights at the end of the night, with the exception uh, with the exception of, I guess, uh, the Dustin Rhodes match back uh, over a year ago. But I, and especially with the involvement of Mike Tyson, I feel like that is such a babyface move that he is going to be there to give the title to the champion now don't get me wrong it very easily could be uh lance archer i could see him winning it and that would be a very interesting situation to see the baddest man on the planet giving the title to the murder hawk and what's going to happen that said i think cody picks up the victory here and cody can kind of run with that quote-unquote mid-card title
1: yeah, I don't think that would be bad for a while. Have Cody have that title for a while and elevate it. Although if Lance Archer has your belt, uh he he he's not the household name that Cody is, but you know, again, the folks who know wrestling know his his pedigree. He's gonna elevate that title as well. Uh I, I think Cody gets this for a while, he builds it up, and I don't think just I actually kind of think Lance Archer losing this match helps further the storyline because then you just get Jake on the stick and he just talks about, oh, well, you know, of course you're the inaugural TNT champion. You're the EVP of AEW. This is just the Rhodes family throwing their weight around again. Mm -hmm. And then you maybe you, you get a title rematch at some point and then you actually burn this off down the line when Cody passes the strap on to someone else and you just get those two guys in a cage and let them beat the shit out of each other. Uh, For the sake of pride, you don't even need a strap involved.
0: I could very easily see it play out where it's like, oh, of course, Caesar gets his at the end of the day and and they continue on their feud against Cody. But on the flip side, it's like I could very easily see it play out where Lance Archer just goes through pins Cody one, two, three. And then Jake Roberts gets on the mic says, I told you, Cody, there's a reason you were afraid of him and you were right to be afraid of him. So the rest of the AEW, we just put down your golden boy. Come and get us. I could see that getting some traction. And yeah, Lance Archer doesn't have the name cachet or the, I guess, pedigree, I'm going to go back to that word, that Cody slash Cody Rhodes does have. But at the same time, if handled correctly, being the inaugural team, AEW TNT champion yeah that could elevate Lance Archer and make him in theory that household name that he isn't right now
1: I told you look I think there's some matches where I think I really know how I think it's going to go uh there are some matches where I have an opinion of what I think is going to happen but I can very realistically believe it going either way because it makes sense this match is the match on this card where I honestly have no idea what's going to happen. I wouldn't be disappointed with either outcome because I think it's just going to be another chapter in a really great story uh, that Cody uh, and company are telling. Again, WWE, what were you doing? This guy, it's not because he's the executive vice president of the company. It's because he's a damn good storyteller. He has these great stories. That he tells. What were you doing with this kid? Um, I Honestly. I I can't get a read on it. Because I can in my mind. I can rationalize why Cody should win. But then in my mind. I can rationalize why Lance could win. And both could be good for business. So I'm really excited for this match. Because it's almost like it's a shoot. Because you don't know. What's going to happen. And logically going either way makes sense. And. I guess maybe I should know how to suspend my disbelief more uh, with other things, but when I have to make a read on things, I kind of look with, uh, you know, you, you look at how things will go for business and advance the storyline and and whatnot. I don't know, so I'm legitimately excited for this match because I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, I, I will, for the sake of making the podcast fun, you pick Cody. Uh, I can make the case for both. I will pick Lance because I kind of do think they want to maybe use that belt to give him a a big push. And Cody's going to be fine either way because if he's the champ, then cool. He's the champ, and we all feel good for Cody because he gets to have his belt even though he can't be world champion. If not, it's another L, and that's just the whole storyline of next time we got a feud, somebody can just say, oh, well, Cody – you can never win the big match. And then when he finally does win the big match, you know. It's the, that much more the, cathartic. It's that much more cathartic. It's classic, you know, old school territory wrestling, which is the way Cody likes to book himself. So
0: yeah, I could very easily see it playing out that way. But I mean, the beautiful part is you said it. I could see both sides winning. I mean, clearly I see both sides winning. I just said I could see Lance Archer winning. I did just pick Cody to win, so I'm very excited to see how it plays out. So, uh, Rab, that's uh, AEW double or nothing, top to bottom. Thoughts on the card? Wait, real quick. Do you see the former Revival slash the not former Revolt slash FTR, that tag team, do you see them showing up this uh, during this weekend
1: I had that thought that maybe that could be the TBA but then like what guy do you put into uh, the casino ladder match uh, so I mean I'm not I'm gonna say no on the record uh, but if FTR uh, had some involvement again the most likely spot is one of them in the Ladder match, or heck, screw it, rules are meant to be broken. Both of those guys can show up and be in the ladder match. Is it really going to ruin it if there's 10 instead of 9? So, I'm going to officially say no. Uh, Someone else is that last spot in the ladder match, but would I be surprised? Absolutely not.
0: See, like, I'm I'm also going to say no, but at the same time, it wouldn't surprise me. I think if they do show up, they're going to get involved in the stadium stampede match, and we're going to start yeah. going in on that Young yeah. Bucks FTR feud that has been teased for years on social media, which, I mean, uh, shut up. Do you hear that? That's money being made in the background between that feud.
1: Cha-ching. Exactly.
0: Literally all the money in the world uh, with that feud. But, uh so with that out of the way, thoughts on this weekend's card?
1: I think it's a, I think it's a solid card. I, I do actually think, although you got to grade it on a different curve, the uh, Revolution card was built a little bit stronger. Uh, but also I know how Revolution played out, so that kind of influences it. But I think they put together a good double or nothing. I think it's going to be great for the fans, Uh you know, that this didn't completely go by the wayside because of the Rona. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see a pay-per-view without uh fans. We pretty much adjusted to that, and, you know, uh they'll have the other wrestlers out there who aren't on the card out there making noise, and actually even as I watched Dynamite this week, I was like, you know, This isn't as good as having a full hot crowd, but uh, these other wrestlers are getting into it and uh, Mm -hmm. doing a good job of adding some sort of atmosphere. So I'm looking forward to it. It'll be a nice addition to the uh, Memorial Day weekend plans.
0: And those wrestlers uh, make it better than absolute uh, dead silence where you can hear, uh, you know, everything echo off the bowels of the arena and back and forth.
1: So so yeah, I mean I, I, I think it's gonna I think it's gonna be a good card. You obviously have at the top of the card some some matches people are really looking forward to, or at the very least, like you said, uh you could build Brody Lee John Moxley to a final resolution, maybe better and have the world championship match be the burn off. But they're gonna go out there and those are two good workers. It's gonna be a good match. The the storyline might not be the strongest. So Overall, good job, AEW, considering that you just kind of had to pull this out of your ass in, in two weeks and figure it out because you got to start doing live TV again a couple weeks ago.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, You said it perfectly. This is a card that really came together in the last two weeks because for the longest time, we had the AEW championship match uh, between Moxley and, and Lee and then the TNT championship match, and that was pretty much it. So for AEW to come together in the last couple weeks and put this card out there, Bravo on you. I'm, I'm very much looking forward to it. I already said earlier, they already got my money. I look forward to watching it over Memorial Day weekend. And, uh, and you know, I think there's going to be a lot of really, really fun stuff that happens uh, during this card. So, uh, Rab, on the way out the doors, any final shots? Or uh, do you just want to get to them dadgum plugs?
1: Hey, man, I just want to r- remind everybody here as uh start to get back to business uh, here on this Memorial Day weekend, uh, it, be safe out there uh, on a multitude of fronts. Uh, we don't want to uh, lose uh, any people to uh, the celebration, so uh, celebrate responsibly, not only in terms of consumption, but uh, social distancing. As Hangman said, wash your damn hands. <laughs> uh, and uh, in, in, uh, in, enjoy Double or Nothing. Uh, you can check me out if you want to get my sports opinions. Uh, on the good old OTB Monday through Friday at uh, 11 a.m. com. Follow me on Twitter at RabWill as well.
0: Absolutely. I want to echo what Rab says. Wash your damn hands. Uh, Be safe, not only in the, uh, you know, consumption. Uh, I might need to tell myself that this weekend. Also in the sense of, you know, protecting yourself from the coronavirus. If you are going out, be sure to... uh, monitor social distancing, Um, masks. I know that's turned into a hot button issue for some stupid reason. If you go out, maybe use a mask. And if you go to a business that says, hey, please use a mask, follow the, follow those rules or suggestions and don't be a prick about it um follow me on twitter twitter.com slash landoz l-a-n-d-o-z i'm also on the monday morning monorail podcast that is a family-friendly podcast about the walt disney world resorts all the happenings going on down there they too are going through a phase one reopening uh as of recording uh this past week They reopened to Disney Springs, which is kind of like a shopping center and restaurant area adjacent to the uh, Walt Disney World Resort properties, you know, the Magic Kingdoms and hotels, all that stuff. Uh, So we'll see how that goes. Also, apparently, maybe uh, this is something we've talked about. The NBA is going to be continuing their season uh, at the Disney Wide World of Sports. So that'll be something to pay attention to. And I'm sure we'll be talking about that on the Monday morning monorail. i also appear on The Phil Show on News Talk 98.7 W okay i radio station locally here in knoxville tennessee uh airing 6 to 10 a.m streaming worldwide at newstalk 987.com also available in the iheart app and the news 987 app as well so uh rab any closing shots baby
1: again like i said just uh save stay safe enjoy your long weekend uh enjoy double or nothing for what it is uh three hours of uh carefree uh entertainment. Appreciate the folks who check out the uh pod Dawes, and I have fun doing it with you, bud.
0: Hey fun time as always. Uh thank you the lovely listener for joining us and also Thank you to wrestling, because, I mean, let's just think about this. In this whole corona hellscape we're living in, professional wrestling has not abandoned us, so we will not abandon professional wrestling. So for The Will Rab, I am A. Landon Doan, hoping you have a great Memorial Day weekend. Enjoy Double or Nothing. We'll see you next time right here on Near Fall Radio. You've been great. We've been Near Fall. Good night.
1: break down uh here again another uh a pre-show buy-in match Dawes taking a piss
0: (laughs) (laughs) we go live to the bathroom
1: now vanguard 2
0: all right uh i'm back and the bathroom match went to a no contest damn it russo